0: All right, guys. um, So this is one of the first podcasts for uh, Crafted Generations. Um, My name is Marco Ferrone, and I'm your host. And uh, tonight I got a special guest. His name is uh, Yashu. Um, I met Yashu a couple months ago uh, on a job site, and I was uh, pretty surprised to be meeting a uh, superintendent that's uh, pretty young and uh, nineteen. Yeah, nineteen and uh, now we're here today and gonna interview him and get some uh, some perspective from a young age in the industry and see where uh, where it takes us so if you want to introduce yourself
1: right, well my name's Yashu uh, Niznik and as he said I worked for Keystone over the summer and that was my first yes decent sized project that I actually did especially the first time I've ever commercial my entire life um, go to school and Purdue University Northwest, up in Westville, Indiana. Um, just trying to start my own business called Caliber Carpentry and Construction, and yeah, I've been doing carpentry and woodwork and all that for about eight years. So, so,
0: so since you're like twelve years old, then
1: yeah, I started in sixth grade.
0: So, um, did your family kind of like get you into this, or how did you get into the trades?
1: Yeah, I mean, kind of generational. My grandfather was a carpenter, and great-grandfather was a carpenter, and great 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 All of them were like carpenters, essentially. Uh So it just kind of gets passed down. My dad's brother is a carpenter. My dad would have been a carpenter, but when he immigrated here back in America, um, he just picked up whatever job was first, and he ended up being a machinist. And He's been doing machining for almost 30 years. Well, wow. 30 years might be... Starting up around, but we'll see how that goes. That's awesome. Uh, I know you do a lot of CNC work, so we have to talk about that some, too. Yeah, we
0: definitely can. Um, So, all right, so you, your family has definitely been around it for a while. Did, now, were they, um, like, in another country doing this, or were, did they do it in, in the States, or are you, like, first generation in the States, or your dad?
1: I am the first from both sides of my family to be born here in America. So yeah, you could say I'm first generation here in the US. Them, they were all born in Poland, so they all began in Poland and then when they came here some of them stuck. Like my grandfather for example. One of my grandfather's still there. My grandmother from my mom's side was also there. but my dad's side they came here and my grandfather was a carpenter in Poland and continued doing carpentry here. Um, my dad and his brother did whatever came along, basically. And, and yeah, I guess I'd be the first one that's born here to actually do the trades here in America.
0: So did your any of your grandparents immigrate here, too, or just yeah. your dad?
1: Yeah, my dad's side. My dad's side, my grandma, my grandpa came here. So did he and his brother. My mom's side, grandpa was here for a couple of years, and then he went back. Mom stuck along my dad yeah now you got now a family
0: <laughs> um did your grandparents like ever teach you anything or have you basically kind of been self-taught or like working alongside your dad
1: my grandpa died back when i was in fourth grade okay fourth grade so i was around him a little bit like watching what he do again like just looking looking and watching So i guess it kind of started back then but no it wasn't long enough long enough to teach me I wish he was. That would have been cool. Yeah. He's got, like, that was back before when he started, way back when in Poland. That was before they had all, like, the new, they didn't have CNC's. They didn't have, it was all hand tools. They didn't even have table saws. They didn't have planers. and They didn't have jointers. They didn't have all that. So he still did all his dovetail and all everything was joinery. So he did all the dovetails, everything, all that by hand. And that's, I think, like, a long-lost skill that nowadays is rarely seen. Some people do it. Not a lot of people want to pay for it because they're like, oh, it just takes so much time right. to do everything by hand. Uh, it makes uh, it expensive. Kinda, yeah, it kind of gets lost, but which is unfortunate. But he was really good. Eventually, he got joint turn and table saw and all that once it came out like, towards the later years. But then he came here and then started doing it here and that all kind of got pushed away up from Poland. So then just here and then you got your mitosols and table saws and all that and back to what we do with today. Now technology is just going even further and further in the commercial industry where you actually get to mass produce things. Right. Compared to, I guess that's the difference between me and you. I still do like custom things on a lower end, just like individual. While you go on bigger bulk projects, sign it all, and you got your CNC, you'll crank them out. Which I think is super cool. I'd like to see that work in person too.
0: Oh well, yeah, the difference between commercial and residential, but at the same time, the beauty beauty of like the individual projects and like the the residential projects you don't really see in commercial projects. That's kind of like a cool little difference. Um that I see a lot. Like for example, this little table, this is actually the first table I or first little thing good. I I built uh, back in high school. Um, you know, using uh Sweet. different yeah. uh
1: looks like stuff I make.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, that that's pretty cool and uh, did your, did your dad ever learn anything in, from your, your grandpa, or how did your dad oh, yeah. learn?
1: Oh, yeah. So my dad just taught me a lot, a lot of things, and he didn't really want to let me use any of the tools, especially when I was younger, like when I said back in sixth grade, when I kind of started doing my own projects on my own, he didn't want to let me use none of the saws, none of that. He's always, oh, you're going to chop your hand out. It's like, all right, fine. So i just watched him. I was usually just sweeping along after him, watching him. So that's where I got all the knowledge. I'd ask questions, and I'd watch him do it all. And I guess you could say that's kind of self talk because I was just kind of watching him. Sometimes I'd ask questions, and if I had him, he'd answer them. But I wasn't able to do it until eventually I kind of snuck away. Yeah. And I just did it on my own, kind of behind his back, which I probably shouldn't have done. But now looking back at it, it's like, it's a good thing I did because I know it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't know when he would have finally let me use him. Um, but have you ever hurt yourself or anything using? I did, I did. I was playing along with a chisel, and I was just I had like this little block, maybe one foot piece of block of two by four. We were framing the basement, and I was taking this chisel and just kind of like chamfering the corners just for fun because I was bored out of my mind. <laughs> and I was holding the block like that. I had the block in here, and I was just scraping away with it, with this, like, semi-sharp, semi-dull chisel. So, of course, it didn't go. It just stuck. I pushed harder, let go, and I went straight through my hand, straight um. through, like, the web between my um, my finger and my thumb. Probably about within the last year, I shot a nail into my hand, too. With a oh, no. nail gun. And, you know, it's not bad. If it happened again, I wouldn't even get it. Really? No, I shot it. I literally pulled it out. I had my friends next to me, too. I still don't think my dad knows. He might know after this. But That's funny. <laughs> I pulled it out and went right back to framing. frame. I was a little bit like shocked because I was like, oh, crap. Yeah, you, you, got, a nail you got a nail in your hand. You hand. just pull it out of your... Yeah, but leg. I looked at it. And before before I even knew what to do with it, I just literally just yanked it out. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I was... Bleeding or... No.
0: Not even? No, there was like Pulling a little out. bit.
1: It's like if you get like a paper cut or something, but it's not like gushing blood or anything like that. Right. When I slipped my hand with the chisel, yeah, then it was like I ran upstairs, yelled at my brother, give me a Band-Aid. Because <laughs> I thought, you know, magically i just slap a band-aid over it and, and fix you know, it. So fix everything. Yeah, I was probably, I was back in like, I don't know, it's grade back then. Oh, wow. Um, I came out so it was like all quiet, quiet. And I was like, you know, and my brother's Casper. So I was like, give me a band-aid, give me a band-aid. You know, my mom was just sitting on the couch waiting for like, hear what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, anyway, long story short, he's like, I can't find it. I was like, hurry up, Yeah. give me the band-aid. Try putting it on. Band-Aid doesn't stick because my hand's covered in blood. Oh no! Yeah, that's when I start like crying, call my mom, and my mom comes over and then they figure out what's happening. and go to the hospital and get stitches and yada yada. And then you pull them out and then you are all good again. Yeah. So,
0: not not too bad, but you well, know. I guess
1: I kind of straight away from the question of where I learned everything was one of the biggest projects where it all kind of started was remodeling our basement here in here in Chicago. Um, we started remodeling our basement, and it was all, all done by my, da- by my dad. My dad and me, I guess, as helper, and anyone else who wanted to help, um, that was there. But pri- primarily, it was all him. I mean, the dude literally did everything. He does all the trim work, all the drywall, all the framing, all the plumbing, the flooring, the tiling, you name it. The dude did every single piece in there. So he really is like a jack of all trades, and it's like, oh, jack of a trade, you know, doesn't know how to do all of it, but he really does especially being a machinist and working with, like, thousands of an inch every single day. Right, you got to be really, he really has, precise. The way this guy does trim work, which probably came down from his father, too, because he was also anal about having everything, you know, perfect. No caulking, no none of that. It just right. had to fit. And it was like, if it was off by a 30-second, he'd throw it away. No matter if it was, like, you know, $15 trim piece, he'd throw it away, start again.
0: So, so he's perfect. he's really like a, a guy that is never satisfied unless it's truly yeah. perfect oh, yeah. and He's working with machines I'm, I'm sure you have to be that way you can't let you know a thousandth of an inch you know go by like that um
1: well no if you're off and then you send it off to the client it doesn't fit. it's not within the specification sometimes the parts get tested too they get sent off for testing unless you have them in-house and test them in-house and if they're not uh within the required specifications or your your required precision, well, then they get rejected. Right. Yeah, and you cause issues, or you send them off, and sometimes people notice it, sometimes don't, but you don't want to do that, because then that just kind of puts a bad mark on or a bad stain on the company. Right?
0: right. So, so okay, so you've been around this pretty much almost all your life, or more than half of your, or, you know, almost all your life, right? Like Like, yeah. uh, seeing yeah, it growing up. Um, is just being around it, is that what inspired you? Or did you have any thoughts of doing anything else outside of the train, train work?
1: I always said when I was younger that I wanted to be a mechanical engineer. And then, and I did that while seeing all this stuff. I don't know why mechanical engineer. I guess I was just young and dumb and it was like the first thing that came to mind. I was like, oh yeah, that'd be cool. You know? And here I am, not a mechanical engineer. Construction engineer. We're getting there. But, uh... (laughs) But not mechanical engineer. I said that, and as we were going through the entire basement process and doing all that, I picked up all these things. And in sixth grade, I kind of started doing my own, my own work on my side. And that grew after I did my first projects on my side. COVID, I went into uh, doing the work on my own. It's kind of what started it. And after I started doing a little bit of work on my own. During COVID, for my friends and family, kind of just grew on after that. For that worked for a company doing home remodeling. And I worked for another company over the summer with you. Uh, that's where I met you. And it just kind of, during COVID, once I started my own, I liked it, started it. And that's when I was like, all right, here's what my major's going to be for college. And after that, I kind of just took off. Um, so I don't think there was a key moment where I was like, this is it. This person inspired me, and that's what I want to do. It's just I've been doing it my whole life. And at one point, it just kind of clicked, and I was like, that's where yeah. I'm going. Yeah. That's where I've continued to go.
0: Now, with school, what are you majoring in?
1: So my major, which is a long name, it's Construction, Engineering, and Management Technology. Uh, what does that mean? We just call it Construction Management. I know. It's kind of a weird name, because, like, what, what technology? I guess the only technology part of it would be when we do, like, our surveying class, and we use, like, the total stations and things like that. Or uh, CAD, we do AutoCAD, which you're very familiar with. Tried Revit, not very good at Revit. play tell you that much, we suck at it. I do want to get better, because I think it's a very useful program. But um, And actually, I think it's like the standard now for most of your architectural drawings nowadays. Um, so we did those type of programs. So I guess that's the technology part of it. Construction is just. Well, all of construction, I guess that's kind of self explanatory. Engineering, we do a lot of uh, like beam designs, concrete design, uh, structural steel beam design, and we got to do all the math behind it where they're like, all right, here's a slab, this and this size, and design it. How thick does it got to be? How much rebar are you putting in it? What's your rebar spacing? Uh, how thick is your column or your beam, depending, whatever it's concrete or steel? that's your engineering part of it Um, unfortunately we won't be your certified engineer like a paper or major says engineering in it but if we graduate just with the bachelors we won't be engineers we got to go back and do another year or two of it but most of the kids that are in my class with me we're in there mainly for the management part which is exactly what I did over the summer right it's either being a project manager which I'm working up to or being towards superintendent i like being in the field i'm not really an office guy person but i also haven't tested it out so i can't say anything till i test it out right i uh, come that that person don't don't beat it till you try it um i'll try it see how it goes right i did enjoy being you know super that definitely that definitely helped and uh, i enjoyed it all i enjoyed all the people going there enjoyed everything we did and yeah, I think it kind of went on a tangent there. No, no, not, not a problem.
0: Um, so, okay, one of the things you said is uh, uh, going down possibly a project management mm-hmm. position. Is there, like, a specific, um, like, would you do project management, like, for overall construction, or would you specialize in a uh, specific trade? Are you open to that, or are you more of, like, a broad uh, scheme of things?
1: I think I'd do both. If I were to specialize in Over the summer, I did do uh, general, so I guess that was my test right there, and if I were to pick one, it would be carpentry, just because that's what I've done my whole life. I'm not really big into steel guy. I do want to get better at welding. I've tried welding. It does interest me. I definitely could make and fabricate things with steel. Um, That's fun to me, but I don't think I could just go and just do put up beams and columns and girders and all that fun stuff. I don't know, that's just not me. I've always been into wood. I like the big, heavy, yeah, I just don't like it. I like wood, I like the wood grain. I like how every piece is different. You never get, you know, a board that's exactly the same. It's really, like, truly unique. Yeah, unless it's, like, plywood covered in plastic. or So, I'm talking, like, real boards, which I usually do most of. I don't do a lot of work with plywood. I don't think I've done any work, really, with MDF. Um, That's probably solely because I've made a lot of cabinets. I did, probably would, because everything's symmetrical and all looks the same. But most of my work is similar, probably to the table we made here. That's got all wood pieces, and you kind of hack away whatever you got to hack away. Right. Glue it, nail it, screw it, whatever you got to do. Paint it. Yeah. Um, um, I could definitely do both though. If I were to do one, like I said, focus on carpentry, and if I would do general, I think there's just a lot more that goes into it, and you don't run your own soul so crew. One thing I had to deal with a lot of people, um, you guys, Peel, are just one of the many trades. Twenty d- thirty, yeah, right? and so you meet a lot of people, at a lot of different, from a lot of different places, different languages, uh, different personalities, and you just kind of got to deal with it. So that comes with pluses and minuses. If you do one trade, you're probably running your own crew, You see the same people day in day out. With your with your crew, obviously you're in different places. There's other trades working there, so on and so forth. But you're not in charge of them; you're just in charge of your people. You're focused on your part, and it gets a little bit easier because then you're just focused on one trade. Well, I got to do it all, so it's like while well, you guys are asking me like, "Hey, this doesn't seem right," <laughs> right? Then there's another guy who's like, "Yeah, that also doesn't seem right," and I'm like, "Okay, now I got like seven different problems at once." Yeah. Instead of just having uh, one single problem, and that's where it gets confusing at heart.
0: Is there now? So being you know young nineteen in a superintendent role, is there anything um, like any like uh, learning moments that you had, or like things that you might have thought were easy but ended up being more difficult, or like any aha moments and stuff like that? I mean, you're kind of like just thrown in there, you know, with minimal, uh, I, I guess like uh, like managerial experience, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I could be wrong. I don't. I don't know. You no, know, are full. I really you're just manage myself. Really, mostly. Right. So I got most of it. So being thrown in that at such a young, young age, what was like? Uh, you know, some key takeaways from that experience.
1: I guess there was so much. I don't even. It, this summer was definitely a crazy, crazy experience. I don't think I've ever been able to meet that amount of people in that short period of time. And it's like. How long? How How
0: long was the time frame?
1: So I worked for Keystone. Uh, with the block project for it was like two to three months. So just my summer. So as soon as I ended uh, the college semester in May, whatever date that was, until I got to go back, I literally finished working at Keystone the Friday before I started school. So I ended on Friday, Monday I still went back to school. So I worked the entire, from the beginning towards the end of summer. So that was like two to three months, whatever that period was. Um, said challenges. Say one, I came in there and I was like, oh, it's you know I've basically built houses. I was like, this shouldn't be too difficult, right? was Like another stick frame building, just bigger. <laughs> wasn't totally wrong because that was half true. You go in there, another stick frame. It all kind of goes together. It's just bigger, but I was never introduced to the whole like RPZs and things like that. Where you what is RPZ? I still haven't totally. Figured it out myself, but it, it's it's with a uh, uh, your fire sprinkler system. You got this big old. You've probably seen it if you worked on a bunch of commercial buildings. Your whole fire um, sprinkler system connects to this one big unit, and it just it's what controls your entire. It's like, it's like the, the main valve. Yeah, your main your main valve. I don't even want to say things before someone goes to be like, "Oh, it's not what it is." Yeah, I yeah. I don't know enough about it, but uh, it kind of controls your entire. Tire sprinkler system. I'm pretty sure it connects your all your switches that turn your fire alarm on and off, uh, so on and so forth. And I haven't dealt a lot with ComEd either, ComEd and NICOR and all that. And that was something new, dealing with like they're really big, big public companies. Um, main water tap where you connect to the city water. I've never seen that in my life either. That was something new. And so I guess it's all those. It's like still new things. I was like, oh crap! I really don't know, and it's like if I want to manage this. It's like a, it sound like an idiot when I try to speak. I was like, Hey, you know, are you doing this and this? And I'm like, What are you talking about? And I was like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, but I get one good part is I always, whenever I introduced myself to new people, and people usually knew I'm pretty sure you guys knew when you guys walked on a job that I was running as like some young 19 year old kid. Yeah, and most people are like, what The hell is this young kid doing here? Yeah, right, and <laughs> that's right here. They walk in and they're like, Oh, so you're the young kid. I was like, Oh, so you know me already. I don't know how the word sped, but it did. It did, did, did
0: people not take you as serious as first? Or, like, how was that dynamic of being young in charge of probably everybody that are that is around you is older than you? you I'll know. get
1: into that because that's another very interesting thing that I've learned. But let's go back to... The challenges and yeah, learning know, things.
0: <laughs> uh, the core, NICOR.
1: ComEd, NICOR, all those new things, new people. Meeting new people, I guess uh, I guess that was all I was going to say about that anyway. Um, and meeting new people, I walked in there, first day on the job, thinking that was going to be my hardest thing, is being so young, no one's going to take me seriously. Because I already know. I've been on the other side, and you get some new kid straight out of college, and it's like, ah, yeah, he thinks he knows everything. He walks in, he's like, oh, you guys do this and this and all that. And it's like, guy, right, kid, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. It's like, we've been here slaving away for like a month. The same problem and you come in and you think you got a mad solution and you don't. And they usually never do. Um, that's one big plus for me is I've labored and I've done a lot of the work. At least in residential. Not so much on commercial. That's where the whole RPZ, NICOR, all that kind of things come in that's new. Uh, I've done it, you know, most of my life. So I walked in there already with a lot of knowledge. So I know what it's like when you got a crappy day. When something doesn't go how it, it's supposed to. Or someone's missing material, or someone's getting yelled at by their wife or some. I'm not married, nah, but I could understand it, what it's like. Yeah, I got parents, and they'll be like, "Oh, why are you home so late?" Blah blah blah, all that. Uh, so I get, I get their whole standpoint. And coming in and out of college, I guess that's what made me still good. Is that when I introduce myself to these new people, I'm like, "Hey, I'm new. I don't know everything on here." I give them the whole rundown. I'm like, I've worked residential my whole life. I've never been on commercial. So don't expect me to know everything. And teach me. I'll listen to you. You show me what you want me, and I'll be on your side. And if there's things you need to do, things you need to find, I'm going to work to go find them for you. There's something you can't find in the plans. I got context. everyone else. There's something you need to know from another trade. I got context. to them. You let me know. And then if I can't figure it out, I'm sure someone else that I know can. So
0: you were utilizing all your resources right. to to get the job done.
1: And since I introduced myself right off the bat like that, you know, usually kids come in all cocky and hot headed like, "Oh yeah, right. I'm you know, project manager over here and I'm doing everything." That's what loses all their trust and all their respect. And I was greatly shocked that I walked in there and very quickly after introducing myself my, myself like that, everyone just welcomed me right in and they're like, "Yeah, come here, I'll show you." They're like, "You see this? all right, that's what I need. This is what I do. Here's how that works. And during the entire day, as I had questions, like I've never seen that, I just go up, ask them. And unless they're like super busy, they take time to explain it all to me. And that was very, very astonishing. And I thought I had a big problem gaining trust and respect, but figured out it was the total opposite. And that's another thing I want to thank P.O. and you and everyone in P.O., that they've treated me with respect and gratitude since the beginning. And as soon as I walked in there, they were, most of them were also younger. So we clicked from that because it was younger and younger. We're like, oh, cool. And whenever we had questions, it was always, it was always a good time. So it was a pleasure working with you guys too. And I'm very happy and proud that I've been able to gain respect and trust from all the trades working there and from Theo.
0: Yeah, no, and, and it was awesome, you know, meeting you, for, you know, uh, right away, you know, seeing a young guy in charge and, and taking initiative and, and authority, but not in a, like, demeaning way at all. Like, like yeah. you said, like, other people uh, come in thinking they're all, you know, all of that, but, you know, like, exactly how you described how you were asking questions, you know, being upfront about things, uh, which is good with, like, being able to get the job done, right? And... I was going to ask you, too, were, were everybody, like, pretty cooperative with you and, and um, even working with the other trades, too? Because I mean, you're seeing everything from, like, a high, you know, level. Um, how how did you see uh, other trades interact with each other? Like, did they ever, like, have conflicts that you had to step in and, and kind of intervene, or was everything running pretty smooth uh, amongst each other?
1: So you hear a lot of stories usually where it's like, Trades hate other trades. Like, I'm sure you'll see all over the internet where it's, like, the tapers just jump mud into, like, the electrician's boxes, right? Just on purpose, right? I'm sure you see it all over the internet. I know I do. And I actually didn't have that. A lot of the trades that been there know the other trades, and they've seen the other companies plenty of times. So a lot of them are actually friends. Um, I know I had my the excavation crew. And the concrete crew were good friends, too. So that made it easier on me, because when I was schedule one, like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. I'll just let him know that it's ready for him tomorrow and all that. And, and they just work together. They work together almost as if they're, like, one company. So that was a good thing for me, because it's not anyone new. They already know it. They know how the other people function. They walk in there, and it's like if the previous one's made a mistake, they'll make a fret about it. They're like, oh, yeah, hey, it's Timmy over there. He's typical. You know, mm-hmm. And just fix it for them, because I didn't have any issues with that. That was another surprising thing. Most of the other trades... Really didn't as long as I did what I was supposed to and everything's done how it's supposed to. The next one walks right in and does their work and so on. I didn't have any any issues. I mean there's a couple people that probably had issues with me, but you get there with everyone. No one really likes the management, especially when you're young, and you get someone and it's always the younger guys too. It's always like the the young ones that think that they're they're probably mad because I don't know. They're Mm -hmm. not I don't know. I, know. I can't speak for them. Right. I can't speak for them. But usually the older guys are, like, always welcoming. And they're always cool. There's probably, I had, like, two people out of 100 that had an issue with me, but they were there for, like, two days and they walked out. So I didn't care. Right. Um, looking you know,
0: always back at someone,
1: it, someone's always gonna hate. L- um,
0: looking back at it, would you have changed anything that you've done, you know, now kind of seeing start to finish, um, seeing the whole story unfold, would you have changed anything that you you did in the past or did you think um the way you kind of handled everything was probably the best you could have done at that time
1: overall or just from the summer
0: um either or
1: either or. this summer i don't think i could i mean i was there as every day trying to give myself full force all day every day because i knew i was in there for an internship technically so really i'm not i guess i'll get into that shortly and i want to talk about that too um but I was there for an internship, and I don't think I could have done it any differently because I really just wanted to learn as much as possible, and that's exactly what I did. I mean, every day I was just walking around, and everything that I didn't know and already understood, on top of doing my work, I'd just be asking questions. Whether it wasn't with the foreman, I'd make connection, make good connections with the foreman because I know they're important, and they're kind of what running. So even if I have any issues with the, with the workers, they got to listen to the foreman. <laughs> so as long as I'm on the foreman the good side, everything goes smooth. Right. Um, my good part, I made friends with all the workers, too. And I actually bonded even better with them, so yeah, that worked out as well. Um, yeah, and then what else did I want to mention on that? Uh, go ahead.
0: So, okay, kind of like uh, deviating from this conversation, but from being like in a position where you're building things, you're kind of uh, like designing things in, in your um, major, your Uh, construction management, like engineer. Um, Did you, have you ever found yourself like looking at things and you're kind of like, okay, this is how this is built. This could be built maybe differently or they did like a crappy job over here. Because I know my dad, every time we're going somewhere and we see Millwork, he's knocking on things, pulling out the drawer slides. He's like looking at this, looking at the way that uh, this is built and like saying they could, right. (laughs) <laughs> so, like, you have that eye for things, and, and you probably are maybe even learning things, too. Um, so I kind of wanted to hear, you know, what, what do you see when you go out uh, and see, you know, go out to places? Because everything is built, right? You know, everything That's, is construction.
1: It's funny you mentioned that. I mean, you talk to any one of my friends, they laugh at me every single time. Because anytime I'll go into, you know, my dad, um, after, after the summer, you know, I've never seen open ceilings that are just sprayed, and I never really realized it. And after that, I go with my dad to Walgreens. I'm like, Dad, look up. He's like, for what? I'm like, just look up. I'm like, look, there's pipes up there. He's like, yeah? I'm like, did you know that? He's like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. But I didn't. <laughs> like, you never realize that You go into commercial spaces, and they always paint the ceiling black or, yep, or yep. white or whatever. No one ever looks up. You got all the wires running through. You got all the ductwork. Just It's all just hanging there. Right. It's all just hanging there. But they paint it all one color. It just looks like a... It, it, look, like it kind of looks
0: clean in in, a, in its yeah. own way. It's crazy. You know?
1: no, one even, no one even looks up. Right. No one looks up. And I always, they always make fun of me. Every time I go into any building, especially if you go to um, places either up in, like, the mountains or something like that, or Wisconsin Dells, for example, is another place I've noticed that you got a lot of these, like, restaurants or buildings, and you look up, and it's all wood. It's all wood. They got the uh, ceiling all with, like, tongue group, just pine or stained or something. Mm-hmm. You got... Big old rustic beams running through the center, and I'm always admiring that. That's definitely something I want to put in my future house one day. Yeah, I plan on building my own house because I think I have it in me. Yeah, that's um, awesome. But that's further down the line. But I always, I always look up and I'm like, I'm either stealing ideas from them. That's one thing because I'm like, that's cool. I want to do that. Or, or two, I'm critiquing other people's work. All yeah. The time. And my own because I'm like, that's a good idea. I could do that. When I'm like. They could have done this differently. For yeah. Example. But you know that's that's good. I, mean, I think that's a get
0: I mean, your mind thinking. You know.
1: You know, especially when you're in the trade, because it gives you ideas on how you could be better, and you could share those ideas with other people too, on how they could do better. I mean, so, right. So, That's a good thing. But yes, I do. That that's uh, funny. Yeah.
0: the The other thing too that me and my dad, or primarily me, I'm always asking my dad because I'm getting more into the number side of our business and everything, yeah. and like the the sales and estimating. And I'm always asking him. I'm like, okay. We, We'll both look at, like, for example, we go to a restaurant and we see, uh, like a, like a wooden ceiling or, or, you know, boots and, and, um, rails, just wall panels, stuff like that, or a bar. And I'm like, how much do you think that cost? And like, I'll, I'll do the math in my head of what I think. And he'll do, you know, his number and like, we'll, you know, compare and then he'll tell me, okay, you're way off because X, Y, Z. And like, this is like, what you got to look out for with, uh, um, you know, different things, um and mill work and stuff like that so that's like a pretty cool you know other little thing between me and my dad i don't know if you do that with your dad at all um I've, or buddies
1: i've done that too because having uh working for caliber trying to do my own i've kind of gone the whole way through it i've done from talking to the customers to writing my own estimates my bids and giving it to them you know luckily it's all of my friends and family so it's not like some official bid you got to send out to someone right but i still do the work for them still got to go in price for some, and i'll talk to them i got to go find all my material and write up an estimate send it to them complete the work see it all the way through so i'm there from start to finish i do everything solo usually unless i have my brother or someone else to help me if i need it and so yeah so i on top of just looking if I can do other things differently, I look at price as well, because that's another part of me that I do s- myself. So I'm like, all right, that's probably this much. My dad sometimes asks me, he's like, how much do you think that costs? I'll give him a number. And he's like, he's like, yeah, probably. He's like, that's cheap. And I was like, <laughs> I was like well, you probably ain't going to pay more than that. You know, it'll be like a little table or something. You know, but I'm like, I don't know, $300. And he's like, I wouldn't do over $300. i am like, I know you wouldn't, dude. You wouldn't want to stand up for more than like 10 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But... Uh, yeah no i do it
0: okay So, so all right another thing i wanted to ask you about is given your eight years of experience of doing things what skills have you developed and what other skills are you looking to further develop or get into
1: i guess part of it is what i just mentioned is in the beginning i did nothing and by now i'm talking to clients um doing my own paperwork or whatever i try to write down, usually when I do a project, I write down how long it took, time and money spent, that way I can go on further estimating more appropriately. Not just out of blue, gaining my own knowledge and I can look back to previous projects and make sure that everything's adds up, lines up, and I'm like, like, well, I did this, this is pretty similar. So you kind of adjust your prices accordingly and it just gains knowledge. So I do all that myself. Um, that's a skill I learned on how to just take note of your own work and manage your own self time management as I got busier and I've got school on my hands now and I got people calling me to do work for them. I got to manage my time because like, okay, this is due then. I got to spend this much time on this homework. I got to probably give, you know, my family probably some time my day, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and then do work. And then do work. And then any other activity On top of that, that I want to do time management. That's another thing that I've actually never really had. A lot of people have issues with time management. Somehow, that always came naturally to me since I was a kid. I've never had. I'm always that person that, when I had like homework assignment back in middle school, I would knock it out the same day. I don't care if it was due in a week. If it was something you just get it done, right? If it was like a five page paper or whatever, now I can write it in one day. But back then, that was like a two month long process. You know what I mean? So that I drag out but if it was something that was just like a one day assignment and was doing three days I'd do it the same day I'm always just like one after the other just knock it out knock it out knock it out knock it out and then you don't really have to you never procrastinate you don't have to worry about managing your time all the way up in the future it's like just do it now you have the time just do it it's like oh well, I can do it then sure you can but you have time now do it now then you get out and work don't have to worry about it right so get it just off your do. plate just do a list and if there's things that drag on those are the things I'll plan out anything else I just knock them out right away you're always ahead.
0: So you really know how to prioritize then?
1: I prioritize everything. <laughs> That's how I prioritize. Everything is a priority. Everything's got to get done and it's all going to get done now.
0: And you won't take no for an answer?
1: And I usually don't.
0: <laughs> so, okay, so uh, and outside of that, like any other like future skills that you're looking to get into? Um, uh,
1: yeah, I learn how to market myself better. That's one thing. I haven't done any primarily also because I don't really have time for it. with Going to school, I'm a full-time student on top of that. Um,
0: What does your your schedule look like? Your your what does your typical day look like? You know, doing work also school.
1: Depends, honestly. That's what's crazy about my life right now with my schedule is every day is different. Every day is different. Right now, this semester turns out I only have school, uh, Mondays, Mondays and Tuesdays, and also on Thursday. But that's kind of like a online class, so it's a little bit different. But uh, then the days I go to school, I go to school I come home. If I got homework then and I know how to do it now and I don't have to ask, send emails to the teachers and all that, I just knock it out. And if it's not past, like, 11, midnight, I go work. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I go work. If I'm doing stuff at my own house, then just go to my garage and knock stuff out there. Um, if it's at people's houses, then I got to plan it out more and give myself more time because, obviously, you got to drive out there Unload all your tools, do the work, clean up, put it back, so that it all takes time, versus where if it's just at your house, it's, even if you work for an hour, it's something, but you already have everything set up, laid out, ready to go. And if I'm not at school, I'm doing that. If I'm not eating, then I am working. If I have a friend randomly text me, hey, let's hang out, if I can. If it's not something that's like, this has to get done now, then I'm like, all right, drop everything, go hang out with them. So I know that's kind of important. And been so busy recently that with school and work and everything combined that i haven't done hung out with a lot of them kind of sucks but then you look back at it it's like man i haven't really seen a lot of people but You just get so caught up and busy trying to knock everything out like i said i do one after the other so if it just piles on i'm not like all right i gotta schedule out i just do do more do more, do more. <laughs> that's how my issues I, I overwork myself like that for sure a lot like i'll be wake up in the morning seven eight o'clock I got work somewhere else and I, I don't know, wake up five, six and then I'll be working or do, at least doing something. Mm-hmm. Whether it's work or not, it's not just relaxing. I'm doing something till like midnight. And then midnight, after midnight, I'll go like shower. Mm-hmm. knock I wake up and that's it. And I'll do that. Every day? Monday to Sunday. Dude. Wow.
0: You're just a workhorse.
1: Just all day long. All day long. And we try not to work on Sundays. But I never, never, never work for other people. But if I work for myself on our own house, has, like, up in our house in Indiana, you know, I'll, I'll go up there and we'll still work on Saturdays and Sundays, but, yeah.
0: Try to yeah. keep it to a minimum. Yeah. Um, so, given, like, all of that with your skills and what you want to learn in the future, are there any, like, big projects that you're, like, or big, small project that you're proud of or, um, you know, things that you, you really like to talk about?
1: There's, there's quite a few of them. <laughs> there's quite a few of them. Um, I don't know if they're all like my favorite. I'd say you'd say my, there's there's some my favorite ones, there's my sentimental ones, I guess you could say. Uh, my all-time favorite that, I guess there's sections too, all-time favorite I did with Caliber would be my neighbor's porch. I get to see every single morning because he lives right across the street from me. Um, and I get to open my front door and I stare at it every <laughs> single morning. And it was, I forget the exact dimension, but I think it was like 12, 12 by 20 covered porch. So when he opens up his front door, uh, he walks right up onto his porch, it's about 12 foot out, 20 left and right. And then that's got a roof over it, shingled roof, you got stairs in the front, you got side skirt all the way around, trek deck on top, and that was a... That yeah, was a good project. I think that's my biggest project of my own personal work.
0: Did you do that all on your own, too?
1: All on my own, yeah. I had shingles him. and everything? So, shingles, shingles he had, that was the only thing I didn't do. Now that you bring it up, shingles is the only thing I didn't do. We had a, a roofer do it just because that way he can put it up under his insurance, make sure that it's all paperwork's out there and all that kind of thing. Other than that, I did it all. We pulled the permit, pulled the permit. And after that, I just flew with everything. I put up the six-by-six six posts. Some of the things I did have either him help me or I'd have someone from my family help me with certain things, but I actually I drew it on AutoCAD. Nice. Some of the things. I drew some of it on AutoCAD. And whatever I can put up myself, if it was like 200-pound six-by-six posts. They're like 20-foot long. Uh, I'd have someone help me put those in. Rafters, I think I had the first couple of them help me plywood i had him also just hand it up for me but i'd be running the whole thing i'd be pulling all the measurements all that i just have a helping hand usually for someone if i gotta bring something up it's like big or oversized but other than that i did all my own
0: do you do a lot of autocad for all your projects or I more don't.
1: i don't and that's something that i want to i want to learn either uh i'm pretty good at autocad but autocad doesn't really do 3d and if it does i don't know how to so I think there's some part of it that's, like, 3D, but I don't think it's meant for a lot of 3D work. You, you can do a little bit of yeah. 3, 3D. I you know a lot about it, so.
0: Yeah, I not. I wouldn't say I'm a, an expert at it, but I know enough to, you know, what it's cap- what it's capable yeah. of doing um, and, you know, being able to hold a conversation with some people. Mm. But uh, what I primarily uh, work on is Microbellum, which is AutoCAD-based, and it produces, like, 3D, um, models and stuff, but you could also do two D within it too. Um, but it's it's a really unique tool, um, and the the pair between Microvellum and AutoCAD. Uh, Microvellum is like the cabinet millwork, um, and like I guess you could say enhancer, um, and and streamliner, of using AutoCAD because it then ties in CNC and G codes and uh, right. being able to program. Uh, very fast, too, which for our business, that's, you know, very essential being able to produce uh, programs uh, uh, really quick, especially when we have a high volume um, of jobs coming in. But, uh, you know, AutoCAD's a great tool in, in, try, in trying to hear what other people do with, I do with AutoCAD.
1: I want to utilize more of AutoCAD or Fusion 360 for some of the 3D things. Um. Or uh, what was that called? There's another, there's another one that a lot of people use. I forgot what the name of it was, but I would like to implement more CAD, just because it's easier. Once you have your like drawings, it's a lot easier to produce the things. Oh yeah, it's planned to, out. Yeah, it's all planned out. You have everything, every measurement. You just go, click your dimension, pull the dimension, whatever. Go cut it. And so I do, I do like it, but I don't do it enough. Most of my projects haven't been that complex enough to where i haven't um balloon other shop for ourselves coming this spring that i do want to draw uh that i want to draw like i said i draw this porch that i did sure out sweet I, I i still it gives me the fizz every time i i don't know if you know what the fizz is fizz is just like a, it's, that's what i call it it's like a feeling when you walk in something just like so good and quality and something that you're proud of you it get just, that feeling you that it gives you that feeling you know what i mean like you just you just love it yeah just admire it so, I love that I get to walk out every single day and see it first thing in the morning. Um, I do want to use more AutoCAD or any CAD. I want to get better at it. I'm pretty proficient at AutoCAD. to go a semester in, in college with it. But then again, I took a whole semester of it and I'm still garbage at it. But AutoCAD, I'm, I'm pretty decent at I know just about all the commands too, um, at least the basic things. I'm sure there's a lot more to it that I don't know. Uh, let's go back to, I guess, my favorite projects. That would be the fir- my best one for caliber in my own that I did that's I'm most proud of that'd be one I think one of the most sentimental ones would be my first project ever that I did on my own which was our back patio table which is quite a funny story actually we had this glass table and one day we had a huge windstorm and this glass table went flying I didn't see it woke up to it went flying over our fence it's a neighbor's concrete, and it just shattered, and it just shattered, and we've had this table probably for, like, 12 years, I don't even remember how long, but ever since I was a child, I remember it, because like it was the only table I ever remember. and after that shattered, that was also while I was doing the remodeling with my dad in our own basement, so that's when I finally was like, all right, I want to do this on my own, so I planned the whole thing out, I drew it all on, loose-leaf paper, made an entire plan for it, every single Board, I need for it, so on and so forth, and I literally presented it to my parents. I was like, "Here's what I want to do," you know. He's like, "I need money for it." (laughs) that's what it was. Now that I look back at it, it was it was crazy how realistic what I did was, you know, just in the real world. I I guess it was the real world, but in the older generation world, you go and and same thing, create a project, you present it to your donors or whoever's paying for it, and then. They approve it. You go and start doing it. So that's what I did. I drew up an entire plan. I got the price to the penny. I accounted for tax, everything, you know, to the penny of exactly how much this material is going to cost. I presented the plan to them, the cost, all this, and I was like, "Let me do this." How old were you? This, this is so. This is my first probably when I was in sixth grade. This is when it all started. Sixth
0: grade. Yeah. Wow.
1: Sixth grade. It took me like a whole day to get this whole plan together. Just a table, so it wasn't big. But I looked up online, got some like ideas going. But it was also just my design. It's all my own unique. Since then, I think I've made eight of these tables. I actually saw same one, same one, just different dimensions. Sometimes people, are right? Like, you know, make me an eight foot one, and this one, or, or they're like, I don't care. So then I replicate the first one, but same design. I have four by four legs. Um, it was all your basic like dimensional lumber. It's all four by fours, and one by fours, two by fours. And things like that, but then I'd pretty them up after I'd sanded it all, and I'd go around and I routed the edges. And yeah. All that. But sixth grade, it took me a week to make this table. Okay. It took me a week. Not bad
0: for a sixth grader, though.
1: Not bad, but the reason it took me so long is I still wasn't allowed to use the miter saw. Uh. I wasn't allowed to do any of that. We had a um, one of the, I don't know if you ever seen one of those metal cutting bandsaws. I
0: don't think I have.
1: So there's a. It's a bandsaw. I'm sure you know what a bandsaw is. So same thing, just it's got a metal blade on it, right? And usually use it for, like, metal stock. So you'll put in a, you know, metal block, metal pipe, whatever. And it goes in, and then there's a little clamp. that you, you turn, it squeezes your material. And then at, well, after you set it up, you squeeze it down. And then this bandsaw, instead of, like, a wood bandsaw that's standing up and you push your material through, this is you set it up, put in a clamp, and it just makes a 90-degree cut straight down. Or you can turn your clamps, and it cuts at a 45-whatever degree, but it just cuts straight up and down. And... It's just a bandsaw that drops right down on it, but it had a metal blade on it, and you, sorry, put it, set it, clamp it down, turn it on, and then let it, it just cuts with its own weight. You just drop it down on it, and it goes, and it cuts, and it takes me like a minute, a minute to cut that piece of 2x4 with this saw. But it was the only saw that my dad would let me use because my fingers were out the way. I turn it on, I put it down, and I walk away. Yeah. But it takes forever because it's a metal saw. Right. It's not made for... Not made for wood, so it just gets bind up, and you just keep cutting and cutting and cutting, and it just took forever. We ended up going and try to push it down and make it cut faster and all that, and we'd end up snapping blades. Oh no! Probably like four blades or something like that. And I was young; I didn't know what I was doing. Plus, I was working with what I got. It was the only thing he let me use. Yeah. It was either that, or I don't know if you. I'm sure you know what the the multi tools are the oscillating ones. Oh yep, yeah. You have like the little blades, and you cut out drywall or whatever. Yep. So that's what I had to use to do all my notches. So I had the um,
0: so was everything like perfectly even, or was it kind of it, un- was, it was it was unique?
1: It was it was good. It was good. We set it up at the end when I was done. Uh, I put it out. We put it out on the on our concrete patio, and it didn't rock. It didn't nothing. It was like it was dead. It even. was good. All spaced. So all I had was that one saw. I had that bandsaw. I had the uh, uh, oscillating multi tool. Uh, I had a chisel, hammer, a couple clamps, and then my impact and some screws, and that was it. And then at the end, I wanted it, the corners routed. But, of course, I couldn't do that. So my dad routed the, the edges for me, kind of like what you got right here, actually. And that was it. That was the whole table. It took me about a week. And when I was finished, it was my mother's present for Mother's Day. Oh, nice. Finished it right on that Sunday.
0: She probably loved that.
1: Yeah, she did. It turned out sweet. We had that for probably, I don't know, five years, five years. And since it was my first project, they didn't trust me with, like, good expensive stuff, they're just like, whatever. We'll give the kid 150 bucks at a time for the material and let them let figure it out. So that's what they did. They trusted in me. They bought all the material and we just used normal framing material. So, I did put a clear coat on it, but after five years, it just it all cracked and got it between and started to rot. Yeah. I made a new one. I made a new one after five years. Um, roughly five. I don't know the that date. And this one I made out of pressure treat and I stained it and all. And By that time, I was actually able to use tools. I cranked it out in one day. Nice. <laughs> cranked it out in one day. A week to a day. Yeah. That, that's so I got, awesome. I got, I got a lot faster. But that's also just because I was able to use tools that actually do what they're supposed to do.
0: Right. Instead of using a, a metal, metal blade. blade. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was my most sentimental project. My first one I did as a child. Um, and then I guess the other one I'm most proud of is the one I met you on, which is um, Block. Block, Block Cannabis. My first ever commercial project. And the fact that I actually even got close to running it, and I learned so much that I did, and all the people knew, it was it was just such a great, amazing experience. That whole thing it was so, just, I'm so proud of it. That that got to be that's one of that's the biggest project I've ever worked on, obviously, and that one means a lot to me too, because it's my first ever and me being up in management was just a good feeling.
0: Did you take so, a lot so, of I pictures?
1: I did. I did. I think I got like. Five hundred. I actually I had to. Um, so when you're when you're um, management on site every day, you do a daily log. Okay. So you do a daily log of what happening. So you have to take uh, pictures every day of what's going on, and you send to the rest of office and and, and whoever else is on the list, and you, yeah, basically update what what who was there, what happened, so on and so forth. And yeah, every day I had five, six, seven, depending. Some days I had 20 pictures on the phone. Yeah. I mean, so I got probably like 500 pictures on that phone. just that one building. So I got I got your work on there. So if you pictures yeah. your work, I got it on there too.
0: That's awesome. See, like seeing the progression, you know, day by I got, day. I got
1: it all. I got it all. That's Still look at it sometimes. My
0: Do you ever talk about it at school or, or with like any other, maybe future opportunities with people? Does it ever come up in conversation?
1: Sometimes, sometimes I mean my my friends all knew that did it, so it's not really much. After I talked about it, in real time, after that it doesn't really get brought up again. Sometimes if it relates to some conversation, school since we go in for construction, sometimes the teacher's like, oh, have you ever, have you guys ever seen this for this? We're like, yeah, I have, and he's like, oh, where? And
0: there's your story. Yeah. And so
1: sometimes then, and yeah, I guess I talk about it right now. Yeah, so that would be one of the opportunities. I don't have a lot more of that. To talk about it. I wish I did. It'd be pretty cool. Talk about it with my dad mainly. He he's interested in that kind of stuff. We had this similar interest, so.
0: yeah. Okay, so um another topic that I kinda wanted to dive into is like younger generations. But before that I don't know if there was anything else um, you kinda wanted to touch on or more on your business. Um, or we're going to, you know, progress into making it bigger. Um I don't know what are your what are your thoughts.
1: See if it was me explaining or more so, maybe questions. I want to learn how to get it, better market it better, better, maybe make some videos up online.
0: Do you have um, Instagram or anything I with it? I don't,
1: but I definitely should I've
0: to be able to market it, it. You know, brand it and I think and so
1: yeah, I'm, Maybe we'll talk and see. Or maybe you can say on here is what your ideas you have for me. In order to be able to mark and get my name out there, I definitely have a lot of the work I can show. I um, haven't had any issues with people I've worked with. They all love it and are all happy with it. So, and I got a bunch of pictures of everything that I can put on there. Now it's just, how do I do? I know Instagram is a big one. Um, maybe you could give me some ideas. Yeah, I mean, what for what i what i should or shouldn't do
0: definitely no definitely display you know all the projects that you've already completed you know give a little spiel of what it what the client want wanted how you kind of maybe brought it all together make it come to life um you can even share like a, a little bit of, about the the experience of taking it from start to finish too. um i know for us with po we just started an instagram account um I want to say about a year ago now, and we've been posting our content um, on their finished, you know, usually finished product uh, and everything installed. Sometimes we'll post a little bit of um, the progression of the jobs on our story day by day, stuff like that. And uh, it's, it's cool for, for us because what we, what I've, uh, me and my brother, what we've been doing is we'll start like tagging you know, who or, you know, the people that it's either going to or, like, the machines that we even use. And and some of the machines that we've, uh, or, like, the companies that we've been uh, using, uh, like, the machines from, they'll, like, repost our content, which is pretty cool because then it helps you get, yeah. you know, expand your audience and uh, network and a, a lot of. Uh, Networking is uh, a big one. Exactly. Definitely a big one. And being able to do it on social media, it's, like, it's it's a no-brainer. Right. You know, it's an easy way to meet people that you don't see on a daily basis, right. and that's one of the key things that uh, me and Charlie have been doing is uh, following other pages with similar interests or um, tagging people and follow and you know, like I said, I did follow. See that, I
1: think on your LinkedIn account that you'd be following all like the different woodworking pages. Yep. And stuff, so I did Yeah, because
0: yeah. you know, people produce content that you you know you could get ideas from, learn from, you know, network with people, um, especially with us because we're a growing company, we want to start hiring a lot of more like high qualified people, highly skilled people. So expanding the network is big. Also showcasing our work is also big because people want to know what do we do. Clients want to know what our capabilities are. And uh, seeing the progression too over time is going to be something that I'm going to be very proud of because I know the project that we're doing today that, you know, big or small, they're going to be different. In the future, and I know the quality is only increasing too, um, and, and it's just a cool progression thing, if yeah. uh, if you will.
1: No, I know, yeah. When you stick through it and you see it where it began, like even me just talking about it today, it's not. I don't really see a lot of it. Now looking back at it, and it's like my whole life story where I began to now. It's like, wow, dude. Like, yeah, it's been a while. You know, like, you're so young. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm young, but I also done it for like eight years. Right. How long They're like, and I'm like, how long have you done it for? They're like, oh, four. I'm like, exactly. So I got double am Yeah. I, Half your age, you know what I mean? Right. So, I've done it for a while, but it's crazy looking back, um, how much I, I have learned this whole thing because I started with not being precise at all. You know, I started with that bandsaw. That's what it was, that <laughs> and like a hammer and chisel. I ended up cutting my hand with. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, you go to now, and I was like, I got a whole shop. Um, we got our, we got our own uh, sawmill now, so we got ten acres. And now we can mill our own lumber. Now, so now that's I awesome. i like to get into uh, live edge. Uh, I'm sure you've seen like live edge tables.
0: Is that where like you actually see the yep. the true like uh, um, shape of like the, the wood?
1: Yep, exactly. Some people leave the bark on, but usually you don't want to because the bark ends up like falling off and looks like crap. So you kind of sand off the bark, you break it down, sand off the edges, but you keep that natural curve. And you can make shelves, you can make tables out of it, you can do whatever. Um, Some people do like pour epoxy on them too. They make water yeah. tables. I'm sure you've seen that. River tables, all that. Mm-hmm. And slabs are expensive. But if I can mill them myself, you know what I mean? Now I have all this wood and it's just crazy what you can do with it. People used to take it and then hog it down and make perfect straight boards. And now the whole trend is why would you do that? Just leave the curve in it. Leave the curve in it. Make a shelf out of it. And, it's, and it looks awesome. It looks awesome. You get like the natural curve and the, the beauty of the, the it, the grain of the wood. Um, if you finish it right, it just looks awesome.
0: Wood. The more and more like I've been around like the business and seeing the different projects and specifically the solid wood projects that we do, it's the the more I'm realizing how unique wood is and how it it's it's difficult to work with too in a sense um, because there's a lot of processes that you have to do with um using solid wood uh and like the kitchen that you saw upstairs right uh molding and getting the shape and sometimes when you're dealing with curves too uh like I I hear it all from my dad from his previous you know experience and how um he had to m- like manipulate wood if you will no. and that's like a cool thing that I've heard haven't really seen much firsthand just because I'm relatively new or not relatively i am pretty new you know with with this industry um but it's something that's caught my interest you know
1: yeah i always say that the difference between like a carpenter and a real carpenter is anybody can take like a straight piece of wood and put it up straight but someone that's really good can take a crooked piece of wood and make it straight yeah i mean that's 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 what's impressive if you can do that
0: so, do you have any methods that you would use to make wood not, or, um, like, warped wood not warped anymore? Of course.
1: depends. If you're down, like, like uh, trim pieces and things like that, then usually you already buy them pretty straight, or trim pieces are pretty flexible, so you just bend them and nail them in the right spot. But uh, it's, like, a big slab, and there's really nothing you can do about it other than kind of... See see it, make it flat. But if we're talking like framing and wood like that, you just bend it, dude. You just clamp it on one side, put a clamp on the other, and use that clamp to just twist it. Twist it, put it in the spot, and just send it. Just nail it down. Yeah. Nail it down, glue it down, just put it where it's supposed to be, clamp it and let it sit. And if you let it sit for however long, it'll it'll straighten up. That's it. That's it. You, use the force to bend it and then make it stay there. And then over time it just stays. Should stay, right? It will, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Okay,
0: so another thing
1: now a question you too is you, yeah, how, how do you how how did you start? how did you get into this? And yeah, what's your what's your whole life story? Yeah. Woodwork?
0: So I mean growing up, uh my dad's been doing uh cabinets and right. mill work for thirty four years now. And uh I've grown up seeing it. Uh, seeing him always at work, going to the shop a little bit, seeing things in action. And I never really said this is exactly what I want to go down, but I always had the creative mind of I like designing things um, from buildings to little kitchens to even tables like this. And it wasn't until my... I want to say my sophomore year of, of college, which was two years ago, three years ago, that's when I really made the decision of, I want to go down the family business and I want to take it to the next level, learn more in depth with my dad and in, in how he runs the business, how um, he puts projects together. That's a good job. And uh, yes, good. thank you. And how, you know, start to finish. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it from, the skill of millwork to the business of managing employees to then also selling the job, right? You got, uh, and the numbers of, of accounting and stuff like that. So there's a lot of areas that I was kind of just like observing all at once. And from the point of me being sophomore in, in college to then grad- graduating, that was, that three-year period or two-year period was me observing everything Um, and soak in a lot of information to then be able to then ask questions, more like specific questions um, about the business. And each question I was kind of asking and and getting answers and and made me think, okay, maybe, um, you know, it made me start getting other other ideas, right? And the more ideas I was getting, the more and more I was like getting, um, like soaked in into the business to the point where I'm like, okay, this is 100% what I want to do go down uh uh taking over the business and and taking it to the next level cuz my dad's done done this for 34 years with uh with a little bit of help from the family uh like his brothers but uh you know the last 10 years he that's when he was really solo and seeing everything grow the last 10 years was, has been awesome and now me and my younger brother are like we want to keep this this business going yeah. and keep the legacy g- going And it's just been a big uh, um, learning opportunity. And and I've been able to uh, gain skills specifically within the programming and CNC. Uh, The last two years, I learned uh, Microbellum. Or last year, I learned Microbellum. The year before that, I was learning how to run and operate the, the machines and taking that knowledge and then applying it to programming. The last year has been awesome. Seeing uh, different pro projects come through my hands and programming things and digesting different uh, um products like I mean you could do simple casework is one thing but then when you're getting into reception desk and like panels yeah. and stuff like that that's when it gets pretty interesting you got to definitely think more because oh, yeah. you got to be more precise um when you're dealing with that kinds of s- and things and especially different materials too you got solid surface is one thing laminate is another um. Uh, material, and then you got like uh, color cores is a, a recent material that that I've been um, using within uh, some of our projects. and And different materials you have to handle differently. You can't handle every material the same. From you know so- solid surface and Corian, you there's you know weight restrictions. There's uh, ways you can kind of glue things together without uh, making it look like it's Multiple different pieces. You you know the the yeah. the seams are kind of, uh,
1: which I'd say e- is easier with uh, pre-made products or, or manufactured products like your your paneling, your um, your plywood and all your laminates. Where if you have yes, another art of you know woodwork would be taking two boards, lining them up, matching and the up grain, and matching up the grain. You know, yeah, it's a lot easier to do with with paneling products when you get into like just board on board.
0: It's uh, difficult. Nah,
1: it's, it's hard. And
0: hard. when when you have uh, when you're dealing with that wood too, it's also harder to to make it even yeah. versus when you're given, you know, MDF. Everything smooth. Perfect. It's even, right? Um, so that the, the differences with the materials that you're working is uh, pretty uh, interesting. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I kind of answered most of your question, right? Yeah. I
1: and mean, yeah, you gave me the whole rundown to give me a shop on Yeah, we <laughs> could we could even do that later
0: today, but I know it's late. Um but outside of that, uh from being a young person in the industry, what would you say to people that are maybe kind of curious about getting into trades? Um, what would you tell someone, you know, to that maybe has a little interest like?
1: Get in there and try. What's just it.
0: Just trial and error?
1: Just just do it. Start start somewhere. I mean I don't know, maybe you're, how I started, and I guess actually how both of we started, we've seen our dads do it. We've seen our dads had something that's kind of what gave us the first interest. Someone maybe, they just see it online. You know, everyone's on TikTok now, Instagram, Facebook, all, you know, all that social media. And it's all over the place. It's someone, some like Japanese dude with a chisel making some, some like crazy joinery or some. Let's say that, that starts their interest. All right, well, if you don't know if that's what you want to go into do work-wise, you just go try it on your own. I don't know. Go go to Home Depot. Go to Menards. Whatever. Get yourself like a build like a birdhouse. You know what I mean? Get your basic tools that you're gonna probably have in your house anyway. You know, and especially if you're like with your parents. I can almost guarantee you, most people have at least some sort of saw. Um, probably have a miter saw. Most people do. And if you don't, then these two words are like stupid cheap. You probably have a hammer. Probably have some sort of nails. You know what I mean? Like everyone usually has this. And, and even if it's a handsaw, get a handsaw. Because that's, that's a skill, too. You can cut stuff with with a, with a handsaw. A lot of people know how to do that. I'm not that good whatsoever. Like if, if It's you
0: probably a work workout, things. too.
1: It is, yeah, sometimes. I'm sure you've seen videos, too, like, people, like, big old, when they used to cut down trees with really, Yeah, big old crosscut saws, like, that, that's impressive, too. I've never done that. Um, but go and try it out. Build your first, like, little birdhouse. Make a project. Do it with your family. Do whatever. And... I can almost guarantee you you'll, you'll probably enjoy it. If you, if it actually has your interest, do a little bit of research on it, maybe watch some videos. Even even a stupid birdhouse. Sure, it's like, oh, it's just a birdhouse. But yeah, we've never done anything. So you can't expect to know everything right off the bat. And that's have got to kind of start small. I started, I don't think I've even mentioned this. My first, I guess, intro to woodwork everything was when I was, teen. I don't know, I was probably like seven, seven, six, whatever. That'd so go down in my... Like I said, my grandfather was a carpenter. This was back when he was still alive. Um, I'd go down into his little workshop in the basement of the house, and I would just pick up some random scrap piece of wood and grab a random hammer that was laying around somewhere and a box of nails. I wouldn't even, they'd yell at me if I took the box of nails. I took like one or two nails, max, and I would just beat them into the wood and pull them out. Beat them into the wood, pull them out, straighten them out, beat them again. And I'd be down there for hours as a kid, Doing And I never played, I never really uh, played Xbox, PlayStation. I never did it. All I did was always outside. Was usually even working or something. That's kind of how I got to where I am now. Played video games maybe for like a little bit or with my friends, but never really got into it. But I could do that for hours. I would just beat in a nail, pull it out, straighten it out if I had to, beat it in again. And I did this as a little kid when I was probably like two, three feet tall. You know what I mean? hurt, hurt my hand. I don't know. I'd probably hit my hand with a hammer or whatever, cry it out, go back to doing it. And that's how it really all started right from the beginning. So just start somewhere. Do some little dumb project. Um, then maybe you'll go into trying to do conquer some DIY projects around your house like most DIY people try to do, some little home island project, if you're able to do that. And if not that, then and if it still has all your interest, go into a trade. Go into trade. And I wouldn't say go jump straight into trade school and things like that because you know once you're in there especially a lot of people probably want to go into union train school they could get the better job and so on and so forth but just go see around if someone is like a helper you know right after right after i um, did all what i did as a kid then i built my own first little table and 8th grade freshman year i worked with my dad's brother putting up putting up cabinets did that for a day <laughs> I couldn't do it i was just way too young, too short, and way out of fit to do any of it. Came home crying. That was the end of that. That summer. And then I came back sophomore year. Stronger, smarter, bigger, better, all that. Worked with him for part of the summer. Um, also doing cabinets. And that's where I actually I was like, okay, I can do this because I make money doing this. Mm-hmm. I was like, This is cool. I got money now. right? And then COVID struck. Started doing my own work with COVID because I had the chance and school was blow off no one even paid attention to school just like a two-hour class all right go do whatever you want that's when I actually had time to COVID saved my life everyone hates COVID but I loved it I loved it for the fact that it allowed me to grow myself and it gave me the opportunity to not be so only focused on school and have to spend almost all day in school was the first chance I actually got to do what I wanted to do and right off the bat that's when I began doing my own work First thing I did right off the bat, I was building a lean-to. Right after that I was a deck. Um, that's when we were building the our shop in Indiana too, me and my dad, at that time. And that's where it just it just all took off. And that's when I was in high school. That's when I decided my major for uh, for college was going to be construction. And, and since then, I've just been doing, doing what I've been doing. So start somewhere, uh, if you can, go be someone's helper, even if you don't get paid a lot. Just go in there for the knowledge, see what you can learn. And if it still spikes your interest, then start thinking about doing it full time and going into like an apprenticeship for doing a trade. Um, you could always go into management from just doing the trade and work your way up. You could do what I'm doing too, and and going into college for management, kind of hopping into management. But most companies, if they're good, if I had a company I would not let any kid straight out of college go straight into management because I know everyone's gonna hate him and he's just gonna do poorly, <laughs> just because you need to have. The on-site experience. experience, which is another advice I'd probably give you, but you already said that you, you did, is go go work in your shop. go do. You already said you program the machines, which is exactly what I was going to say, um, so you know how to do that, so you know how they run. Go into, I don't know if you put together the cabinets too, try doing that, yep. and then go try actually installing them people's houses. you know yep. do it a lot don't be like all right i gotta do this for five years but you bro. gotta get
0: the the yeah. you know you gotta get the overall picture of how things come together because one of the things that i never really thought was important for specifically in cabinetry but the way you like create things is one thing but then installing it is another right so if you could create the product to then be easily installable oh, right. if that makes sense you know you're helping out the installers you're making things um, you know be able to run faster that's a big thing for when you're you know doing it as a like a big business because you're talking about turnaround times and you want the customer to get their product uh, as fast as possible um, with the as minimal error as possible too Uh and seeing the whole picture is is really beneficial when you're at the point of um, creating the, the the product you know to be built yeah um but yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. agree. Anyone,
1: anyone that's, like, in the office or anything like that, I think you should try every single part of whatever they're managing. Whatever. And especially like you, even if it's, it's just – relatable, just, too. Just you're your, um, just running PO. Go in there and try every part of peel. That way you understand everything. Go do it for, like, a month. Go put up Kevin's for for a month. Even if you do it for a week, at least that's something. But the longer you do it, the more you're going to understand because at least you'll have, you know, a different variety of, of okay – there's, there's certain insta- instances that come up on every job. So if you just do, like, one, might not be enough. Do a couple. At least come in. Yeah, because every job there. is never the same. Yeah. Put some tools in your hands. Go try it. Go learn it. Because then, like you said, then you go, when you go draw them out, you know how to make them better for them because you've done it. So you're not like, you're like, okay, that's going to be hard for them. It's easy to be in an office, click buttons, yeah, tell it people is. what to do, and then you go out there and it's like, it's, it's a whole different possible. ball
0: game. Yeah. And you for can't better. just, like, expect for things can just fit because you got crooked walls sometimes, things aren't square, you know, right. you're dealing with and other cab, trades. Exactly. And it's like theory and application. You got two perfect. different things.
1: Yeah, you can't, you can't do that. I remember, you know, sometimes architects will draw up like a, a panel. This was a cabinet maker and we had plans for it and this was back in, in high school and they had a shelf, like a floating shelf, right, and there's no detail, no nothing on how to hang it. it just says, up to carpeting design. It's like, Dude, you got a three quarter inch just laminated panel just floating out of nowhere. Yeah. That's supposed to be like a shelf or some just floating in the middle of the air. It's like, like where's it's the brackets? Is back. it
0: in wall or yeah, yeah, right.
1: You can't even fit brackets. It's literally yeah, one. Three sheet, quarter. Three quarter. You can't yeah. what are you gonna do through there? If it was like thicker, sure. You, you, you know, you go in, put your mounts to the wall, slide the shelf on it, blah blah blah. So on and so forth. But it's like but the material's write too that, thin. Write that. You know what I mean? Like you, it's so it's crazy. That's why people that do their office job need to go work in the field, to get their hands dirty a little bit. Yeah, so I think that's one of the biggest downfall in the trades, is all the people in the office haven't been in the field enough to actually know how it works. Most of them haven't ever. They just pop out of college, you know, think they they know everything, and then they're like, well, this is what they taught me in school, and then they don't know what it's like in the real world, right? And make everyone's life hard.
0: Because in school you only get a glimpse of everything. If you're getting and you're just
1: not hands-on either, right? You know, so that that's my biggest advice: go out there, try it, start it, and then go from there. Talk to people, network, because then if you network, they'll be like, "Hey, maybe you want to come help us there." So maybe this will be fit more fitting for you, more people you talk to. That's how I am here today. Yeah, just from talking to you, just guys. from talking to you, you meeting you in the summer. Yep. You know, you and your dad came in, measured all the millwork. So Where I met you, I started talking to you. I was like, "Hey, you look young. I'm young." Yeah, you know, let's connect. And here I am today. Right. So it's net networking. It goes a
0: crazy. long way, Definitely. you know. Because I mean, we're talking about five months, seven months after a project, and I'm, you know, yeah. texting you. I'm like, "Hey, you know, I started a podcast. You want to? Yeah, you want to be on?" I got really on. excited
1: when you texted me that. By the way, yeah. I was like, "I guess I did make some sign of some sort of effect on somebody, huh?" Yeah.
0: All right, I mean, so I know we covered a lot of stuff. Is there any, like, final things you want to throw out there, you know, whether it's for people that are getting into the trades or, um, you know, questions that you have or stuff like
1: that? I guess one comment I would say is kind of what this podcast is all about, which is joining uh, the younger generation and including them back into the trades because it is kind of dying, and I think the trades are – Usually they're always packed, you know, back in when everyone was immigrating in and America was growing and so on and so forth. And now I feel like the trades are kind of dying, which is sad. And actually, I think there's um, a negative outlook on the trades. which you've noticed that. There's more people like, oh, you got to go to college because that's where the money's at. Mm-hmm. If you really look at it, you know, you get some of these people in the trades are making a lot more money than most of the kids out of college. And a lot of kids go into college just because I know that's kind of how it was with me too. I went into college because it was like, you got to go to college. Exactly. That's the you know, same here. But I kind of wanted to go, and I didn't ask what you went to college for.
0: I went to school for finance and info systems. So completely unrelated to... Why did to, you, you choose that? So finance because um, oh. money management, learning how money works, and then that's the info... Rich. <laughs> that too, you know? Info systems, um, that's like data related... Um, Systems processes, um, you know we in at Loyola we we I took a class um, that's Excel based, uh, creating like a, you know micro Microsoft Access was another thing, uh, data database management, running codes like uh, SQL, and um, there's a couple other ones um, that I you know I'm blanking on right now, but believe it or not that. You know, even though it wasn't directly related to um, the trades, for me and the position that I'm in, it was very beneficial, especially the networking, too. That's, that's a big thing that even though, you know, maybe the classes that I took, um, maybe I might have not have gotten um, a lot of applicable skills, but I've networked with a lot of people, right. which networking will go a long way. Uh, for you know, multitude of different reasons. So that's kind of like the value that I got at school um, and now applying it to the business yeah, and the I, situation that I'm in.
1: I can understand that because, like I mentioned, I went to college just because I was told I got to go to college. I knew I always liked the trades, always interested me, so I mixed the two together, and I went to college for trades. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? went to construction management, which I guess is the next best thing. I don't regret it. I don't regret it because there's a lot of things that probably like the engineering side and designing all the beams and all that that I won't be doing because that's not really what's spiking my interest. But the fact that I at least know what it's all about, how they do it, and the whole idea behind it now makes me better at managing the entire project because now I know what you know. the engineer over there has got to do and the mm-hmm. architect over here. And I know if they're like, oh, I can't draw this. I'm like, yes, you can. I know how AutoCAD works. Yeah. You can definitely draw a wall there. You know what I mean? Something like that. And it just helps you get a general understanding where even if it's not something you're doing day-to-day, day, it gives you a big, broad overview that, that helps you uh, helps you with plenty of situations that everything's different. It's, it'll come up at some point. Yeah. Um, well back to my comment that I want to mention is I think there's like a negative outlook on trades, and I don't think there should be. No. Because the trades are crazy interesting, and one of my biggest things I love about trades is it's not like a paperwork where you just do something, put it in a file, and just you know, like never see it again. You know what I mean? Like you got anything on a flash drive. In trades you build something. You build something. Like I mentioned my, my neighbor's porch for example. I get to go out every day, and I get to look at it. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, that thing looks good. <laughs> you know what I mean? And get something that you get to proud of. When you when you write papers like all your assignments from school and all that, sure something probably stuck in your head, but that's not something you could see. That's not something you can really show other people. You'd be like, "Look, guys, I wrote a five-page research paper." And they're like, "All right, yeah, I did too. Hated my life." <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Unless someone's like, you know, does a lot of research and all that, then okay, I'm not dissing on them. But construction—you could just build everything. You make things happen. Um, everyone needs houses. Everyone needs buildings.
0: It's something that'll never go away.
1: Yeah, and it never does. And it's—it's it's, you're always gonna have it. You know, Menards and Home Depot are probably always going to be open because there's just, you're always getting material. People are always building. And and I don't see why people don't really want to join. I think the, the whole, like, status quo now is you just got to go to college just because that's what everyone does. And a lot of people go into college not knowing what they want to do. Some people know that they don't want to do, so they go into the military or they mm-hmm. go into the trades. That's usually what ends up happening. They end up loving it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, some people know it from the beginning. But I think it's kind of pointless when people go into college not knowing what they want to do because they just end up paying a whole bunch of debt. And it's like, unless you got, I mean, sure, maybe you know someone's paying it for you or you got like a full ride, then sure, take advantage of it. Why not? But you're just going to go in it to like kind of waste it and you're picking a, a major that you know doesn't really interest you. You just do it because you don't know what else to do. And I think it's kind of like a really big waste of money. Exactly. Spend the time making money, and you can invest that money and, and grow your profits and make something else. And I don't think I think people should there should be more kids going into the trades because it's something really, really awesome. And, and it's way better for me when I get like a group like you guys and I'm young. You guys walk in, you guys are also young, and we come in and we just have a good time. And then and then all the older guys that are there when they're working with the young guys, they're like, like damn, you make me feel young again. And yeah. then they enjoy coming to work because now they feel young again. You know, they're they're still stuck with working the people their age, and everyone's always, like, bummed out. Mm-hmm. Or, and you get with a group of kids, and they call coming hot-headed, happy, ready to, like, knock stuff out. And now the older guys are all of a sudden, like...
0: They're like energized again sometimes. Again. yeah.
1: And now they're over here, like, prancing around and happy and talking to you and getting stuff done. Everything's getting knocked out. It's a good time. Then you
0: hear the stories, too. That's all, That's yeah, another yeah, thing that I like.
1: Yeah. Uh, I love the stories when they tell you all their horror stories. Yeah. Like this or that or whatever. And like, oh, you young kids, not... You know, All good, like, or the man
0: you can't get away with that today. Hear a lot of those.
1: There's so much experiences that's like people just you you can't get anywhere else but the trades. Like, you work in a cubicle, you're not gonna have the same stories when you go on like a construction company. It's like one day they get rained out, and all of a sudden, you got like 15 guys just like mugging through like. I don't know, two feet of water, trying to like get their tools out or something. I don't, some crazy story, dude. Yeah. There's always something that goes on. Something's messed up or someone's like screaming or someone for good or bad reasons. There's always days of both. But it's always a, uh, it's always chaos, uh, but controlled chaos. Controlled and chaos. And I like that. Controlled chaos. No, I love it. I love it. There's there isn't anything that's. I don't know. I just don't think you get that experience anywhere else. Yeah. It, it, it sucks that there's not a lot of kids going into it. Because a lot of them, I think, would enjoy it. I think they would enjoy it, and I think it's worth a shot. If it spikes in interest.
0: Well, I'm glad you you were able to kind of explain that, and share your share your experience, especially from being so young and, but also being around it for eight years and and everything. So it's it's definitely valuable. You know, nobody has the same you know experience, and it's nice for people to be able to share that, especially for people that are potentially interested in it but they don't have the people around them to ask like for me and you we had our dads to kind of yeah. introduce us to it maybe not everybody has it but being able to share your experience and um show it to you know as many people as possible that that goes a long way
1: yeah and i think a lot of the older generations whether they're your parents or not like let's say we get older generations and if someone comes up to asks us i'm pretty sure we'll go right in i had no issue that's what i was saying i had no issue this summer talking to the older generation gaining their respect, and them showing me and teaching me and trying to involve me into what they're doing. And I can guarantee you, anyone else that's new, it's like, hey, I'm, I want to get into it, but I want to do it the right way. I don't want to come in hot-headed. They come in and they're willing to learn. I guarantee you just about anyone will show you the way. Yeah. Like, you just got to start. You just got to start. And after that, if you enjoy it, just keep going. Just keep going.
0: Completely so, yeah. agree.
1: All right, well,
0: I appreciate you coming out. Yeah.
1: This is awesome.
0: Yeah. Get this uh,